Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Android Central podcast. My name is Shruti Shaker. I am the managing editor here at Android Central, and I have my lovely friends with me joining me today, Nick Sutrick. Hello, hello. Good afternoon. I was to look at the time. Like, when are we recording? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I feel you. Time is is non-existent. I don't know what it is anymore, but uh, it is afternoon. You're right. <laughs> I've got Jerry Hilton Brand. Hello, hello. Hey, hey, hey. How are you? I'm tired, but I'm doing good. Hopefully we'll have a good chat today. I'm excited. There's a lot of fun things to talk about. And I have Michael Hicks. Hi, Michael. Good morning from the West Coast. Oh, yes, it is morning for you. <laughs> well, you know, that's just the the way things go. We have people from everywhere uh, recording. Okay, we've got a lot of fun things I want to talk about. Um, and I want to just get right into it with a really, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a cute slash funny story, but also an awful story. <laughs> Um, that happened to Nick, uh, literally a day ago. Um, so if you guys don't know, Nick has a bunch of critters, a bunch of animals in his, in his home. He's got a bunch of chickens. If you read his reviews, you'll see. The chickens are not in my home. They're not in (laughs) your home. They're outside of my home. (laughs) But, but you do have a lot of pets and your latest addition, uh, has been two rabbits, right? Very cute. We love them. We love the pictures. However, it affected something and you wrote an editorial about it and you titled it, my rabbit just ate my pixel watch charging cord, exposing a huge wearable problem. I love this article. It was so good. If you haven't read it, you have to read it. Why don't you walk us through what exactly happened, Nick? And then I think we can all, I think we all have thoughts about, about this wearable problem that you're talking about. All right. So if anybody out there has rabbits, you are almost certainly well aware of well, I, I think how it's much not, they love cords. I think it's not just rabbits. I think it's any animal. <laughs> Probably, but I feel like rabbits in particular have a penchant for uh, chewing on cables, right? Um, I've seen this meme on Instagram and all over the place, right? So I know it's not just me. And we've had previous uh, rabbits do this before, but you know, typically when... Uh, let's just say any animal gets a hold of your charging cable or something like that, right? Charging cables are a dime a dozen. Most people have several of them around the house. Probably a few in a bin in the basement or the attic, right? Like, a lot of people have a lot of chargers. There's a reason that phone companies have stopped shipping bricks and things like that with the phone. I was there's literally going to say. There's an overwhelming say, number of yeah, them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, problem is when that charging cable is for a smartwatch and... Uh, you didn't go out of your way to buy extra chargers for said smartwatch, then you're out of luck because uh, like a lot of smartwatches, the Pixel Watch will only charge on chargers specifically made for the Pixel Watch. Um, I think probably aside from that, the most irritating thing is that it won't even charge on the back of a Pixel, which I actually had somebody email me and say, hey, I charge my Pixel Watch with the back of my Pixel 7 all the time. And I'm like, what the heck? I, I, I tried it right after he emailed me. It didn't work. I even tried it for one of the pictures I took in the article, and it didn't work. And I've seen people talk about this, too, online, where some people will say, yeah, mine, mine seems to charge fine for a little while on the back of my Pixel, and mine doesn't even register that it's trying to wirelessly charge. And yes, I do have power sharing enabled, just in case somebody wonders. 
Okay. So I, I do have a question about this because you said you had tried multiple different chargers and that was one of the reasons why um, to begin with, a lot of companies stopped shipping out bricks and specific chargers because they know um, people already have that kind of charger. And it also means, you know, less waste, uh, environmental waste, uh, electronic environmental waste, rather. Um, and obviously, we know that that the industry term for this is a proprietary um, blank, right? So in this case, proprietary charger cable. So uh, I, I'm going to pose this question out to you guys. Um, Whoever it wants to, whoever wants to answer, can answer. Um, this, this thought of why did Google choose to make, um, the proprietary charger specifically to the watch? I mean, I can answer that question by saying, oh, they probably wanted more sales. They want people to buy the charger more if something like this happens, but why not just keep it a regular charger? Michael actually wrote something for this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, last year. <laughs> The, the gist I've gotten from experts talking about this is just making there, there is no one set way to make a watch or tracker or whatever. And so having a universal size wireless coil inside of there that works with key charging, it might work for some, but not for others. Like I think Garmin just did its first one that works with key charging, which was very cool, but most of them don't. And you know, fitting that in might mean taking out of some other feature and mandating that every watch use a specific kind of charging standard might be easier for some than others. And um, like I know Fossil specifically says, we don't want to do it the way that other companies are. They do a faster standard and their, their watches charge in like 30, 40 minutes. Their batteries are terrible, but their charging is great. Uh, so. Yeah, it's it's going to be proprietary for the immediate future. I think more companies are going to try to do it because it sounds good to say we use key charging. Is it key? Mm. Or is, is it chi? Chi. Chi? Chi, yeah. Chi. Got it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it's so. confusing because I think QI is pronounced key in other things like Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> mm. So um, do you think we'll ever get to a place where we um, will have universal charging for watches and are like, let's say, okay, um, let's say in the future we come up with a, 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 an entirely different new device at that time of that new device is being created like will it will they have to kind of have a very similar notion where initially there's a proprietary charger and then over a period of time we start to see the ability to charge whatever that thing is with different or the like cables from different companies or whatever it is did that question make sense <laughs> yes okay i i think we could see them from some types of watches um I'd be surprised if fitness trackers will ever get them just because of the size, right? A lot of fitness trackers are very thin and narrow. Um, and I don't think there's really a way to fit a standard size charging coil in there, right? Um, I suppose it's possible we could have maybe a slow one, you know, maybe like a half size or something like that. I don't, I don't know. But I feel like enough smartwatches are close enough in size to where we should have some kind of standard offered by the wireless power consortium, you know, like it just 
at the very least, as a backup. Like I said, maybe it's slower than the normal one because I know that's one of the excuses that um, we've seen from companies is, well, if we use regular Qi charging, then it's going to be, you know, an hour and a half to charge your watch versus 30 minutes or, you know, whatever whatever your watch is, the box that, that comes in the watch. I can't, I can't even speak. The charger that comes in the watch's box does. Um, and yeah, that, that was the thing. It was like, I tried the Galaxy Watch 5 charger, which basically seems like the same kind of charger. It's a little puck. It magnetically attaches to the back of the Galaxy Watch 5. Doesn't do anything for the Pixel Watch. Um, and then, yeah, I have several wireless chargers lying around, aside from several phones that do reverse wireless charging, and none of them will charge this thing. Okay. You have to take the strap off and fiddle with it and fiddle with it and fiddle with it. Get frustrated. Stop. Go have a drink. Come back and fiddle with it some more because the active spot is about 10 times smaller than you think. But it will charge in the back of your phone. Six Pro, not six, but six Pro and seven. Uh, and I think that's why some people say, hey, it works. And other people say, hey, it don't. I think it's your tolerance level. If Ooh. it were me. If it were me, it would not work because if I tried for more than 15 minutes, I'd say, screw this and I'd throw it away. But, uh, it, and you have to take the strap off. Yeah. I, I even tried like that's, with the strap. Oh, sorry. I, I was just going to say, so for me, that's a non-starter. It doesn't, it, it, technically it will, but functionally it doesn't charge from the back of a phone is made by the same company that says it's the best to use with your pixel watch and blah 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 ecosystem well it doesn't right. work y'all suck uh it does charge with a moto 360 charger i don't have one of those anymore <laughs> you you have to limit the input which tells me that it does use chi charging it as a fallback but the problem is unless you limit the input with a like a super duper old ass wall wart that only puts right. out like half. It gets too hot and shuts off. Makes so sense. it chi charging is there as a fallback, which I guess is good because yeah, you can get third party chargers that work just fine, but they take forever for the pixel watch. I know there's a couple on Amazon. I just went through this with somebody who lost their charger. And we figured yeah. it out. They just ordered some I, I, uh, all winter something for like nine bucks. For the, well, they ordered like ten different ones from Amazon, but the ones that the one that worked first was this nine dollar no name USB cord with a round thing on the end that doesn't have very strong magnets on it. That's the yeah. drawback to it. It doesn't stick very well. Which maybe that, it's an alignment issue. I don't know. Makes sense. And that A winner one actually was the one that I, I referenced in the article. And I was like, I wonder how, how good this oh, is going to be. Because it's half okay. the price of the official one you can buy. Um, all right. That, that works. Best Buy. The, it, but, a, it's A winner, not all winner. Yeah, I, I figured we were talking about the same thing. Yeah. Um, but I was laughing because in the description... The cable says it uses bulletproof aramid fiber inside the cable. And I was like, <laughs> I I wonder, are are rabbit teeth stronger than bullets? Like, <laughs> sh should I buy a second one and just give it to her and see what happens? <laughs> <laughs> but this 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 doesn't this gets it so your watch will charge, but it doesn't address the problem. 
the problem is that it's like Google has gone out of its way to make it difficult to charge this watch. Are they doing that to sell chargers? That doesn't seem worth it to me. No. Well, that I was the question I was. That was the question. That was the question that I was thinking of right now, which is like, can they use this as an excuse? This is this is such a far fetched thought, and I don't I don't even think it's possible. But I'm going to put it out there anyways. Can they use this as an excuse to get away with whatever they're being told by the government? To be like, oh, you need to have universal chargers. You need to stop producing different things. But can they now argue back to the government and be like, uh, actually, you know, because our watch has this da 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 component da da da, it can only be used with our charger. Is that a far fetched shot? Is that a far fetched? I mean, thought? that that's possible. I. I don't think that would work. And the reason I don't think that would work is because uh, Apple would have tried it first. Mm. The, the people at Apple are a whole lot better at that lock-in than the people at Google are. I, I, I just think it's a matter of, hey, this works really well. Let's not care about other ways because you can always just buy this charger and it works. Mm-hmm. And I think they just stopped caring after that. At least that's the impression I get. Yeah, uh, and it's I I don't know if you've ever seen this happen, but um I know for me several pixels that have had wireless charging now, um at least Pixel 6 and 7 off the top of my head, uh will not wireless charge on just any wireless charger. Um I have several that you put it on there and it'll start. And then in, I don't know, 15 seconds, it'll stop. Huh. No, see, like, it, like it's missing a chip that it needs, right? Or something like that. Some kind of handshake that doesn't happen. I, I've not seen that. It works on all the wireless chargers I have here, but that doesn't mean much. I don't have all of the chargers. So, I mean, there are a lot of reasons that could be. Right. But I think the root of them all is, hey, this works. Let's stop caring again. Right. <clears throat> Yeah. And that just, I, I don't know. That, that That's really sad. Yeah, it is. It's kind of unfortunate, but I guess. Um, I'll, mm, I'll spend my 14 bucks and I guess I'll let you know if this other one's decent, right? Like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think the, the, the bigger takeaway from all this, though, is remember when they first switched from, you know, low power. Maybe not. Y'all might not even be old enough. Uh, like Blackberries and Palms, they didn't just charge from anywhere. You had to have, you know, your little flip phone charger didn't work. And if you lost the charger or the cord that came in the box with your Palm Pre, you were out of luck. You had to go buy another one. I think that's where we're at with smartwatches, where if you buy a new smartwatch, buy an extra freaking charger until somebody gets this figured out. That yeah. way... You're not wasn't stuck this, like Nick. Wasn't this an issue with earlier iPhones too, or it was something like that? Or am I thinking of BlackBerry? It, it, probably both. I, I know it, it wasn't that, I, at least from BlackBerry, because I have experience with it. It wasn't that they were doing anything proprietary, but all the old stuff you had just didn't put out enough juice, even if you could find a way to make the cable end match. It didn't put out enough power to charge your your old ass blackberry right so you had to have 
basically what was in the box with it. Uh, and the iPhone, I there was something with, uh, l- what was it called before lightning? That big thirty pin monstrosity. Uh, whatever I that was called. There, there was some issue there with I don't know maybe from the three to the three G, where you had to have a different cord. I do remember that. That's hilarious. Hmm. All right. Well, I guess time will tell, and we'll have to find out. You know, maybe Nick, you're gonna have to update that article with your your experience right. at some point. But yeah, the, the thing still is, is this isn't going to get fixed anytime soon. Unfortunately, if you buy a new watch, you're, you're gonna have to buy a second charger in case you lose it, or in case you have rabbits running around your house. That's true. Or birds. So, I, there you go. PSA, yeah. guys, get, it, get an extra charger. One, that's for sure. I mean, yep. heck, you could lose it on a business trip, right? You still yep. gotta have it to charge it. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Or vacation. Okay, on that note, let's go to our next topic, which I want to keep short because I am in the middle of writing an editorial about it. So I don't want to shoot myself (laughs) in the foot and talk about it. But um, we did a poll a couple of weeks ago or like last week, I think, um, basically asking, you know, like, do you think, well, actually, I'll read the question. It says, do you think TikTok should be banned in the United States? And obviously, you all know who's listening. You know, TikTok is undergoing a congressional hearing right now, whether or not um, the app should be banned or whether or not it's taking um, U.S. data and, and handing it over to the Chinese government. Anyways, I merely just brought this uh, as a topic uh, because... <laughs> I feel like, you know, Jerry, you should feel very proud of yourself because everyone is essentially agreeing with you, which is, um, you know, a lot of people think that TikTok should be banned, but they also point to all of the other companies who are equally taking and and accessing um, data in the U.S. And that's all companies like Meta, Instagram, Facebook, um, you know, any company that requires access to your information, they're doing exactly what TikTok is doing. And I just want to point out, Jerry, you called it. <laughs> uh, once. I, I was right once. Well, it's, it's a good thing, right? Doesn't yep. it make you feel good? Yep. <laughs> well, no, nah, not really. I, I, yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, my, my point of bringing in this is obviously to give credit where credit is due because, Jerry, obviously you said it first. If you haven't read his article, you definitely have to read his article about uh, not only about how TikTok is um, this whole issue with TikTok. TikTok is not really about protecting American America's privacy, but rather it's about politics. But he's also written about how, you know, other companies are doing exactly the same thing. Um, and, and we should be talking about that. Um, but I guess my, my question that I want to ask you guys, again, I don't want to talk about. <laughs> my article that I'm currently writing, but it's, um, you know, what is the alternative? Like what would do, cause I think when I think about TikTok, I think about, um, you know, the, the, the millions or, you know, thousands of content creators who only use that platform as a way of earning their money. And I wonder, you know, if TikTok's not there or if it's going to go, where are they going to go? And it's funny because I'm already seeing a lot of content creators on TikTok basically saying their last goodbyes. I mean, not necessarily stop. They're not, they, they haven't stopped posting. They kind of have been almost having to promote themselves being like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be at this location. Now I'm going to be at, on Instagram reels, or I'm going to be on here. So find me there. Um, 
what is an alternative? Like, what do you do? What do they do? That makes me think of Twitter after Elon bought it and everyone was like, hey, find me on Mastodon. Find me on yeah. blah, 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 you know? Um, yeah. I, I don't know if this is probably the answer you're looking for, but I liked one of the comments from our readers. They said, if the U.S. has proof of what they're claiming against TikTok, then why haven't they pulled the plug? I think this is a meta-backed initiative to eliminate healthy competition. <sighs> and they, they talk about other stuff. And I remember feeling this way back when the whole thing against Huawei was going on, right? Sorry, had, I, have to, I have to pause you for just a second. So yeah. when this reader, I mean, obviously we don't have access to this reader who made the comment, but maybe you, you assumed the same thing. But when this reader writes, I think this is a meta-backed initiative to eliminate healthy competition. Are you trying to say that the U.S. is in um, cahoots, is that the right word, <laughs> with Meta to ensure Meta's stance is ahead of the game? That, is that what you're trying to say? That, here? That's the right word, but that just sounds so wrong to say that the government is in cahoots with Meta because right. they yeah, hate I don't, each other. <laughs> I don't right. agree with that part of it, but um, – I feel like, okay, again, back when the Huawei thing had started, right? Mm -hmm. We had the FBI or the CIA or whatever group it was in the government saying, <laughs> you know, oh, well, they can do this and they can do this and they can do this. And I remember saying, well, show us the code. I mean, if you know they can do this and you've had engineers that have pulled this thing apart and know for sure that they can do this and you're ready to pass laws. Then just show us the writing and everyone will yeah. go, oh, yeah, get rid of to, it. To be fair, they can't show you that. They can't. And if they did, right. you wouldn't understand it. I mean, I, I would still rather them put it out there. Nick, and then at Nick least you can have experts that go, yep, there it is, guys. I know you don't understand this language. It's a literal foreign language to you. But this is what it says. And every expert in this field agrees on this. They they got the experts <laughs> to agree, but they can't share government secrets. And them finding out how to find Chinese government secrets is a U.S. government secret, and they're never going to share that. Yeah. I, Nick in the back of the head of his head is like, just put those codes out there. I'll learn it. I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, it would know. be I nice just, I, for transparency from our government, but it's just never going to happen. Yeah, I just it, it, this is one of those things where it's like we're in an age where government distrust is at, I'm pretty sure, an all time high. Right. I think every poll you look at, there's a substantial number of people who do not trust the government, whether they trust conspiracy theories or one thing is another conversation. But I feel like it would be the responsible thing to do versus bringing the TikTok CEO out and very clearly politicizing the entire thing rather than actually trying to find well, proof that or, yeah, guy, I mean, you know, I, hold up a red flag. That, I was talking, I can't remember so who I was. That guy. I know it's complete political posturing. It's horrible. I can't remember who I was talking to. I, I have a feeling it was you, Jerry. I can't remember who it was, but, um, ironically, I was watching, uh, this video on TikTok <laughs> of all places, but you know, um, they were taking clips, uh, of, of the congressional hearing and, Essentially, one of the congressmen, I can't remember his name, um, basically was asking the question, does TikTok ha like does does TikTok access your home Wi-Fi network? They took that so out of context for all those TikTok clips. I know. I know. What? But but to be f no, no. But this specific TikTok put the whole clip in and essentially 
the what the congressman was trying to get at was can TikTok control other devices right. in your home um, if it has access to your home Wi-Fi network? But it's just it to be fair, okay, which is that that's a legitimate question. I also kind of find it a bit comical because a lot of the questions were really about like understanding technology. And that's where I feel like there's this massive divide in the US where you have these Congress people who are a lot older. And I wonder if like there's a generational gap or like an understanding gap of like, I don't, I don't want to sound ageist or anything. That's not, I'm not trying to get at that at all, but it's just even the way that they're questioning, it's almost like they're spending more time on like trying to understand technology as opposed to really getting to the root cause of of what they're, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But do you, you, there's a balancing act there and and I'm not taking the government side here because I think the whole thing's stupid. But uh, I forget his name, Oberline, Overload. He's a Republican uh, congressman from California. Uh, he's an actual app developer and a com- degree in computer science. And he was grilling the TikTok CEO with some very good questions. And I don't know, the answers of I'll have to get back with you or I'm not sure or I don't think so. And then find out, oh, yeah, really, I'm sorry. That just sealed the deal. This This CEO... He should have known he was wading into shark-filled waters with a bunch of people who just were out for blood, and he didn't seem very prepared. Right. Well, I guess, again, when my, when I write my article, we'll talk about the alternative, the possibility of an alternative. <laughs> okay, I want to talk about, um, Jerry, you your article about the Nokia 2780 Flip. Um, which was powered, which is pi- the, which is powered. Wow, I can't talk by Kai OS. Um, and you said essentially it's it's the it's everything you want in a phone, almost. almost Meaning there yeah. are some issues. Okay, so tell us what. Why did you like this phone so much? Uh, because it's it does everything I want a phone to do. Because I have a companion device. Okay, what is everything that you want a phone to do? What what are uh, some of the things communications, that you want messaging, uh, check my email on the fly when I don't feel like opening my companion device. Uh, you know, WhatsApp if that's what you're into. It does the communications really well. Uh I, I'm I'm gonna say as good as an Android phone does. Okay, so uh, where does it fall flat? For me, it's KaiOS doesn't support 5G and two two things 4G is eventually going to be phased out I do think if you bought this phone today it would you know you'd still have 4G by the end of its useful life but uh, the way carriers in the US are flipping switches and changing things around there's going to be a lot of places where you don't even have 4G and that that's me and uh, this as a companion to as a companion to a companion device that's a weird sentence uh i can tether off the phone and use a tablet or one of my chromebooks and if i want to do more than the phone lets me do i have a much better device to do it on in my opinion but when the network is so slow you don't want to do it that's a problem that's why i can't use it 
Is it is it possible that this phone could come out with everything that it is and maintaining everything that is, which is, you know, just the basic communication aspect that you're talking about, but with the aspect of connecting to 5G? Like, is that well, the, possible? KaiOS doesn't yet support 5G. There's no devices that are supported by KaiOS. Uh, I think there could be. I, I don't think that's a, you know, insurmountable hurdle. And if that were the case, I think, there's a lot of people like me who, you know, always have a tablet or uh, in my case, it's a Chromebook. Unless you're out somewhere quick running to the store where you don't really want to sit down and play games or, you know, play on Instagram or whatever because you're making a quick trip to the grocery store. So you don't need a companion device. All you need is if there's a problem and someone needs to get in touch with you. That's just the perfect use case for this phone. It's just, it's your phone. It's your messaging device and anything else, entertainment, any, anything else. You, if you do that on a, a, another device, something like this is for you, but not until it can provide the bandwidth, the connectivity that you need. Because I'm a firm believer now your phone is also, it has to be. A, your network sharing device for your car or for your watch or for your tablet or whatever, your phone has to be able to share its signal. So why, why make a phone like this? If there's the possibility or the potential that there's going to be a lot of people who can't use this phone, like what is, what's the purpose well, of it? Now, if for just the phone, it, it works fine. I mean, the most demanding thing that, most people would try on this phone. And I say that there is an app store with games and social media and everything else in there, but you know, send a picture over WhatsApp or watch a video on WhatsApp. Uh, it connects well enough for me to do that. And I have a really bad situation where I don't have any 4g network that this thing can use because of the way T-Mobile is using all the sprint bandwidth around here. Uh, you may have this phone and get a strong LTE signal everywhere you go and it's just fine, but it won't stay like that. That's the problem. The The networks are repurposing and rejiggering all the, all of their, you know, bandwidth, all of their network settings because 5G is the future and they want to be prepared for it. So if you buy this today, it might work great. Next week, it might not. Mm. That's That's my big problem with it. Mm, but as sense. far as a device that you know if throw out all the companion stuff if all you want is to make phone calls get messages you know check email while you're out and about this thing's perfect even with the connectivity problems it's still fast enough to do all of that perhaps i should get my hands on one of these devices keep it simple it's that's what i love about it is how simple it is <laughs> awesome okay let's take a really quick break and then we'll be right back because we have a lot of gaming talk right ahead of us. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Indeed is the hiring platform you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match 
assessments, and virtual interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Something I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search according to U.S. Indeed data. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit indeed.com slash ACP to start hiring now. Just go to indeed.com slash ACP. Indeed.com slash ACP. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application. Pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, uh, welcome back. Um, so last week, it's last week, right? Yes, last week. Oh my gosh, I literally do not know anything about time anymore. Um, last week, Michael was at GDC, which is the games, is it games or gaming? Games developer it's conference? Game. Game, game developer, developer conference. conference. Yeah. Okay. So you were at the game developer conference, which is, you know, it's a, it's a fairly big conference. Uh, and you, uh, met a lot of people, you networked, you wrote a lot of stories. Um, talk to us about what happened and, and, um, you know, what your experience was like. So I <clears throat> made the calamitous error of telling our sister site, Windows Central, that I would also help them. So I was doing double duty there covering Xbox, PC, as well as VR and Android and everything else. GDC this year was weird, at least on a on the topic of VR, because it just felt like all of the the companies there, the biggest names there were all sort of struggling. And the same goes for other big things at GDC like Web3, all that nonsense. Uh, just everyone's really pushing it, but I think that's already falling apart. But yeah, you know, the biggest names there were Pico, which was going to announce that they were going to release their headset in the US, but then they couldn't because of TikTok, because they're owned by ByteDance, which owns TikTok. So they had to postpone their announcement. Meta, which had some interesting stuff there, but not the most exciting slate of talks and they're in the midst of all their layoffs and then sony which had their psvr2 there but then we found out that their their sales of the headset are not up to what they expected and so um just kind awkward, of just a, a very mess. awkward time and messy time yes for a lot of game developers essentially is what you're saying <laughs> right and yeah i mean things seems there's some exciting games over in the Microsoft space, but it doesn't really make sense to talk about them here. Uh, <laughs> they need to, they need to get you on their podcast. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't mind, but yeah, uh, it's just, I think that it is an exciting time still for VR game developers because they're still making money. I mean, they're making billions of dollars off of the quest store alone. And despite the fact that the PSVR 2 sales are low, it's still going to be a niche place where people buy a lot of games. But yeah, 
uh, we can get into the, the negatives now if you want to move on to the, the next No, topic. go for it. Let's talk about the negatives. Yeah, so Meta is overly ambitious, which is not necessarily a you bad thing say. that they're trying. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> yeah. Jerry, Jerry's like, say it. Come on, say what you have to say. Don't be diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, they they have all these prototypes that they built for future VR headsets, and then they spent way too much money, and Reality Labs is costing them a fortune. Right now, the Quest 3 is coming out this year, and we know that the big difference is going to be there's a newer chipset in it that's like the same chip as in the S23, except changed for VR. And a couple other small differences is going to be a lighter headset, but the main thing is they're trying to do mixed reality. And the, the quick lowdown on that is VR is just... it's immersing you entirely in a virtual world mixed reality is it projects your real world surroundings using a camera and then puts virtual elements inside of it and so you can virtually or in mixed reality you could uh turn your living room into a deadly laser den and you have to dodge lasers to get through it that or you can so play cool. chess with someone seeing your surroundings, but you're just moving virtual pieces, that kind of thing. And the idea of it is interesting. And it's cool because when you're doing mixed reality, when you're someone like me who lives in a smaller place, you're not likely to trip over something. You can actually see what's around you. And there were some interesting demos at GDC where you're doing a shooter and, you're, and your real world objects, like your furniture, can be cover when you're taking on foes and like a uh, time crisis style foes are coming towards you, you hide behind your couch. And so there's positives to it, but this, the technology isn't there yet. Even Meta was saying, oh, this stuff is still in its infancy and trying to convince developers to shift over from VR to MR. And some of the demos they showed off of it were cute, but I just don't think it's going to make a big splash. It's like, AR core. I think there are a lot of people that tried to do the next Pokemon Go, that tried to do things where, you know, you're playing games, but there you can see your surroundings and it's so cool that it's around you. And, and I, I, I just think people don't play games to see the games in the real world. They play games to go into virtual worlds and forget about the real world. If if you haven't read if you haven't read his article, you should because um, he's been talking about it this whole time. But basically, it's titled "Mixed Reality on the Quest Three is an exciting novelty, but not its future." Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So that, that Meta is going to say, "Buy the Quest Three. There's this cool mixed reality stuff," and I just think they should focus more on the fact that it's going to be still wireless VR but a huge graphical boost and say, you don't need to buy the PSVR 2 and have it be wired when you can just buy our Quest and have great graphics. Why do you I think, think that they're, they're pushing for the this? Because mixed reality just isn't ready. Why do, why do you think they're pushing for this so much? Uh, what do you think, Nick? I don't want to just be talking. It's <laughs> fine. Um, I think they spent a lot of money on R&D for this, for the Quest Pro in particular. And, um, you know, like Michael said, a lot of the demos are really cool. Um, it makes more sense with some concepts than others. Um, I think Demio is a good example of how mixed reality can be used effectively because 
if you're not aware, Demio is sort of like a D&D style game. And you can actually, in the game, switch to mixed reality and it will put the game board on your actual table, right? And I wrote an article for this cool. a couple months back. And it, it's cool, yeah. But at the same time, you also lose uh, sort of a key component of the game and that's in Demio, when you're playing in VR, you can actually grab the game board with your controllers and spin it around. You can zoom in and out by basically doing pinch to zoom, right? So you can pull way out and look at it as like a, you know, a little one by one foot game board or zoom all the way in and your character is like the size of you. Okay. And that's a really cool aspect of the game. And you don't get that in mixed reality, obviously, because it has to fit on your table. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, like Michael was saying, it's like a lot of these concepts are cool. Like the, uh, I forget resolutions game. What was it called, Michael? The, the shooter one. Spatial Ops. Yeah, that's the one. Um, it's really cool, but you're still confined to your house, right? You're still confined to, well, I have one hallway, and that's probably the only hallway that's going to work for this game. So I'm think, not going somewhere in the game, right? I'm still here. <laughs> do you think that um, one of the reasons for why, they, well, I mean, aside from that they put a lot of money in R&D for this, could also be... Maybe there is a subset of people who find going to a different world in virtual reality almost is too jarring for them. And so if you are able to play a game in your own setting, you feel a little bit more grounded. Yes. And I have seen people very specifically say, I don't like VR because it closes me off from the world around me. Mm-hmm. Like it, I don't know if it's a phobia or, you know, just a preference thing, but that is definitely uh, something that exists, right? There are definitely people out there who don't want to use VR because they can't see their surroundings. Um, so it in this makes aspect, them a little anxious, I guess, or like, or just right. uncomfortable, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there could be any number of reasons for it. Um, and I think mixed reality games would, would be great for those people. Um, the the guy who makes Cubism, which is one of our like favorite VR puzzlers, um, is making this game called Laser Dance, and it's it seems sort of similar to a game that came out way back when the first Vive came out, where it's a, a room scale experience, which means it will use the size of your physical room to create a game world to play in, and in this case, you're avoiding lasers like you're like you're the person in Mission Impossible who you know, is the spy trying to get to the thing to steal it, right? Mm. And it's a really cool use of your body and it really makes you feel like you're there. And I think that's one of the few mixed reality experiences that works in this weird way to make you feel like your room is something more than it is. But a lot of them, that small space is more confining, I think, than it is. Right. And uh, then how long are you going I don't to know the word. <laughs> play that? Like, I think it would right. be a really cool novelty for maybe an hour. And then are you going to want to keep going back and dodging lasers? Or are you going to want to go to a, a game that doesn't have to be so yeah, grounded in reality? That, that, the point Shruti made was something they said in the panel, the meta engineers. They said, this is a great way to introduce folks who don't like VR, you know, mixed reality. They're like, oh, this is really cool but I still can see. I just think right. the problem is the Quest Pro works for that because it's glasses. You, unless you put on physical blockers, you can always see your periphery. Right. And so the mixed reality stuff works, 
especially because you never lose sight of anything. But it, the Quest 3 is going to have the, you know, the pass through to do this, but it's only going to be maybe a, you know, a hundred degree field of view. You can't, yes. you still can't see your side. So you're going to still have to turn your head more to look around and it, there's going to be more tripping maybe, or just bonking into things because you don't have that awareness. I just think it doesn't really make sense to me because it's like, well, I mean, I get it. Obviously it's for people, you know, as you mentioned, who aren't necessarily comfortable in their surrounding when you're playing virtual reality. But then in my head, I'm thinking, okay, like that, the, the game that you were talking about, Nick, where you play Dungeons and Dragons, um, and then you could like basically switch the view so that you're in your own room and the game board is on your table. Why not just play Dungeons and Dragons IRL then? Like, why do you want to play it in a mixed in in a mixed reality setting of Quest Three? Does that like do you know what I mean? Like, why not just play in real life? <laughs> yeah, and and I think the answer to that is um, some people are just more visual. You know, traditional D and D is very much uh, up to your imagination. A lot of right. things are are described. Um, you might have a, a hand-drawn map or something and little minifigures on the table, but for the most part, you know, you don't have little characters that move. You don't have stuff like that. A lot of it is up to your imagination. I know when mm -hmm. I play D&D &D with friends, a lot of the times when an enemy comes out, it's just a little square piece of wood on the table right. with like, but you know, you, the you letter M on it or something. Right, but you have to basically create that narrative for people to imagine like what's going on kind right. of thing. And, and the, the company that runs D&D, &D, Wizards of the Coast, are actually making a virtual version of D&D &D that people can use to play remotely, right? That's cool. And there are several of these already. D&D um, &D Beyond, uh, I think, I, I can't remember what some, some of the other ones are, but there are several... Uh, platforms that already do this, but they don't do it maybe quite as visually as Wizards of the Coast is going for. Mm -hmm. And in that case, something like Demio, I think would be a really nice shoe in for being able to present a more visual version of D&D. &D. Mm -hmm. You know, whether or not you're all at the same table physically, or if you're playing this remotely, it makes you feel like you're there more with your friends. Right. Um, doing something visual like this, then maybe some people's imaginations would uh, lend, right? Um, and I was going to say before, I think the other time that mixed reality works well is in a game like Blast On, which is like a one versus one uh, sort of bullet time shooter where you're, you're against another human and you're shooting everything in bullet time. Um, or there's a PSVR game coming out, PSVR 2 game coming out called C-Smash. It's like a, a mix between tennis and racquetball and that old Atari game Breakout, okay? And I feel like it would work really well on that if I could see my room, right? Because then I wouldn't be so worried about, okay, if I'm going to jump to hit the ball or whatever, I'm not going to be afraid to smash into my wall because I can see it. I know it's there. But if I just have a VR headset on and all I see is the VR world, and it's a game that's that active, you might, you know, there are a million videos on social media of people jumping into their TVs, right? Because they forgot they were actually there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think in some of those cases, it, it would work well for more active games um, that, you know, it could help you to see the, the, the room around you versus getting essentially stuck in the virtual world and, and accidentally running into something. Mm. 
Interesting. Well, I guess we're gonna we're gonna have to see if mixed reality really does make it make it or break it. But I I want to talk about something that that Michael you you brought up very briefly uh, at the earlier part of your conversation when talking about GDC. You said that you know there was this anticipation around whether or not Pico is going to announce something new, and obviously nothing came around because um, of what's happening with TikTok. We know that. Um, Pico is owned by ByteDance, which is the same company that owns TikTok. And obviously a lot of the controversy around TikTok is the fact that ByteDance, which is TikTok's parent company, is a China-based company. Um, same, so a similar situation could happen with Pico. But you also pointed to new information that has now been revealed about Sony and how Sony has only sold um, 270,000 units, uh, between PSV, between the PSVR2's launch on February 22nd and the end of March. And Nick, you very quickly wrote an article about this, literally published this morning on Thursday, uh, March 30th, which is when we're recording this. Uh, and you titled it, is Sony self-sabotaging the PSVR2? So why don't you take it away and, and, and talk to us about this? And I'd love to hear what both of you guys have to say, uh, with respect to, to this whole situation. All right. So um, I actually wrote about this before, back in January, before the PSVR 2 went on sale, because the word on the street was that the pre-order numbers were low. And I know Sony denied that. Um, so, you know, take it with a grain of salt. I don't know how true it was or not, but there was no official uh, confirmation that those numbers were low. But here we are uh, roughly two months after that, and we're hearing the same thing. Uh, the PSVR 2 has been out for five weeks now. Yeah, that's about right. Um, and it has, you know, quote, only sold 270,000 units, which if Sony's making a profit on it, 270,000 ain't bad. They still made a good amount of money on that. And that's part of the reason the thing is 550 bucks, right? Um, but I think if Sony actually wants to sell the 2 million units that again, reportedly they were expecting to sell in this time frame, then they need to sell it uh, normally. So if you were a company that was launching a $550 piece of electronics, I don't care what it is, where would you normally sell this? Would you sell it at a retailer? Online, I guess. Online, Amazon, uh, Best Buy, GameStop. I mean, you could name a hundred stores. Wherever I made the most profit. Is always the answer. So I guess that's the advice Sony took because Sony only sells it on their website. What? <laughs> yes, you can't buy the PSVR 2 anywhere else. And to me, that's was that a, insanity. Wait, wait who? Mm, let's backtrack. It's just there weird. For, wait, we need to backtrack. For, <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, sorry. Okay, so because we know, like, I got my... PS5 from a retailer. Like I right. got it from Shoppers Drug Mart, which is yeah, like I, I, I bought mine from Best Buy. Yeah. So <laughs> what what <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so like like speechless right now. Like they oh, so what where did they announce this? Like do you know why they did that? No. Well, but <laughs> yeah, do. like Gary said, they make the most profit from it. And I'm no, sure the that's, difference that's, is that's not why. Remember the joke? Of trying to buy a PS5. Right. Uh, that's negative press. This is Sony. They they would rather lose a billion dollars than have negative press about their company. And you can look at their history and some of the things they've done. 
I don't know, maybe that's Japanese culture thing, uh, but that's just how they are. If they had enough of these to sell them at, you know, wherever you said you bought your Shruti Max Discount Electronics Emporium, wherever it was, uh, if they had enough of them on hand, you would see them at Best Buy and on Amazon, but they don't. And I do really think that they looked at the fiasco of the PS5 where they couldn't make enough units to satisfy demand at Amazon and Best Buy and Circuit City. And that was a big part of their decision why, okay, we're only going to sell this in this one particular spot where we can closely monitor how many are being sold, make sure we have enough orders to have the right amount made so we're not spending money we can't recoup. And it's it's a big calculated thing that they're doing, and it's not an accident. So I'm going to counter that for just a second, because um, unless you actually have like someone on the inside who's told you that they actually care, um, I'm going to counter that and say, I don't think they care, because um, a lot of Asian cultures, they don't really pay attention to negative press because in fact they actually don't necessarily like to even um engage when they hear of negative press and i'll give you an example of a, a, of this um which is when um huawei was going was undergoing everything that it was going through um you know there was a lot of negative press and and specifically anything to, to do with china they're they're typically tends to be a lot of negative press because of, you know, those laws in China and, you know, whatever, and the way China governs its country, et cetera, et cetera. We, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. But I remember speaking to Huawei executives and asking them, does it bother you with all of this negative press and negativity that people are talking about Huawei? Like, does do you guys care about that? And how how are you handling that kind of press in China? Again, obviously, I'm not going to compare China and Japan because they're two different countries. But um, the response I got was, well, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. We're just going to keep working hard. Yeah. Big- but then again, I wrote something about Huawei and I can fish you out probably 30 emails. Please don't do this. Please don't say this from Huawei. So well, I their think CEO that might say be, they don't care, that could, but as a company, no, they cared a lot. But that could also be, you were probably getting emails from Huawei USA, and that's also typically different, right? Because Huawei USA and Huawei Canada at the time were were working really hard to convince or tell, you know, or, or say whatever they need to say that, you know, Huawei is not going to do this with China. They're not going to, um, you know, succumb to China, the Chinese government and, and give that information to the Chinese government. Again, we're talking, we're, we're comparing apples to oranges because obviously China and Japan are two different countries. But I also think that Japan is also, you know, very humble and very, you know, quiet and whatever it is. Um, but I also, the other point I, I, I am curious to know your thoughts on this is, I mean, is bad press really bad press? I thought, isn't there that saying like any press, it doesn't matter whether it's good or bad, is still good for you, for the company. Like it doesn't matter what it is. People are going to be talking about it. And that means they're, that company's name is in your mouth. I mean, if the PSVR2 was selling out on other sites or something, that might make people think, oh, I got to get this next time it shows up. But 
I don't know. I just, I don't know if there ever would have been enough demand for it because it's so expensive, which is. How, how much can problems. you, can you remind, can you remind us how much, how much it costs? $550. U.S., I, right? I, I, yes. Which, which is $150 more than a digital <laughs> PS5. I don't think that the demand is going to be crazy, but I do have a feeling that the demand is more than they can manufacture right now. Mm -hmm. It's possible. And, and, you know, like we were saying before, if their goal is to always make a profit on it at this point, early in the manufacturing cycle, components are going to be harder to come by. They're going to be more expensive. We're finally getting out of this chip shortage crap, right? They probably were intentionally limiting the number of units sold and the price that they're selling it at for the early adopters who they know are going to pay whatever they're going to price it at. This is like, yeah, go ahead. Also, also complete, complete side note, complete side thought as well that I had speaking of the PS5. So I remember when the whole fiasco, when with the PS5 was happening, um, I was trying to get it on the Walmart Canada website and it was a complete utter disaster. Like it was Mm -hmm. so freaking bad. It was awful. And it was so bad because like, I I remember like I had gone through the wait, the the line or whatever. Like I, I, I was able to get into it. I was able to put a unit into my basket. And the minute I got into checkout, it said it was sold out. Like it was so awful. It was just, it was the worst experience. And I was so freaking irritated. I ended up writing an article about like what needs to change with this process. And a bunch of experts were telling me like, you know, obviously because of the pandemic, things had changed. People weren't lining up outside of a store. People were now lining up online and perhaps the right thing to do and the the right way to go about this would be to have a wait list. So, you know, you do see that with concert tickets, like you you're in a line, a virtual line to be able to purchase a ticket. And then once you've gotten past that line and if tickets are still available, you have like a certain amount of time to actually get the tickets and then check out and all of that, which is typically like 10 minutes. Right. And I wonder if. If, okay, aside from everything that we've talked about with Sony um, and their image and whatever, and that's why they wanted to just put it on their website. I wonder, like, could Sony have spoken to Walmart and Best Buy and been like, hey, we'll only sell it, we'll only distribute it with your sellers, the limited quantities we have, and we'll tell you what that is, so long as you provide a, a, a virtual line in order to for there to be a proper way of buying our device. Maybe they I did. Want- Maybe Walmart and Best Buy told them to F off. <laughs> well, that sucks. I, yeah, but that, I, I don't think that can be done because it's third parties that sell online through those two companies. Right. Okay. I, I, I was amazed. Point, but yeah, I, I was just amazed at how incompetent all of the retailers were during that. Oh whole my thing. God. They were I'm so like, bad. These people's entire jobs are literally to sell you things. How no. can they suck at their jobs so much? Yeah, it was really, it that, was really, that really was my bad. feeling and, throughout the entire process. And Best and, Buy eventually figured it out. They eventually had this like, uh, waiting lottery system right, where you had to, you could only click the buy button when you won the lottery. Basically you would refresh yeah. your browser and maybe you won it, maybe you didn't. And then that's when I actually got mine is when they fixed it, but it took them like two months. And see, this yeah. is what I was saying. Sony doesn't want that. They want to sidestep this. And, you know, do I have proof that I can talk about? No. Uh, do I firmly 100% believe that? Yes. 
Actually, though, question for you, though, Jerry, because maybe maybe you have the answer to this or someone else does on here. But if if the same thing was if this was happening with the retailers, like this, this awful experience and the inability to purchase the PS5. Um, couldn't the same thing happen on the PS or on the Sony website? Yeah, but they have control over it then. They can remove the listing or, you know, out of stock when the stock is low. That way it's not in stock when you click the button, but out of stock by the time you get to checkout, which you said was super frustrating. Mm -hmm. They they have control over that. I'm not saying they do any better at it, but at least they have control over it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Wow. So in terms of the actual PSVR 2, I've been looking at all the sales, the early and general sales numbers <clears throat> for different VR headsets that were considered popular. And I think it just goes to show how much of a unicorn the Quest 2 was. Because if you look at all of these, Oculus Rift sold about 145,000 units in its first three months. Valve Index sold about 150,000 in nine months. The Oculus Quest 1 I think only sold about a million across its lifespan. The PSVR original sold, it took them a little over a year to sell a million. So I don't know who at Sony decided that they were going to sell 2 million in a month. That's just absurd. So they set themselves up for failure by by having their actual number be a tenth of that. But if you actually just pay attention to general VR sales of headsets that were cheaper than the PSVR 2 was, Compared to this, 300,000 in a month is not bad. It genuinely is not. No, terrible. no, no, it's not. It it's might not. drop off after all the people who are really excited about it stop and it's still that expensive. And then that's a huge problem. But I think if they lower the price, then that's a good thing, even though that'll piss off the people who bought it at 550. <laughs> sure. But I, I do think that. If you just look at the percentage of PS5 users to PSVR2 users, I think it's basically 1% have bought it. And I'm pretty sure that over the course of the entire PSVR1 lifespan, I forget the exact amount percentage that bought it. I It was something like, you know, there's 100 million PS4s and 5 million sold. So that would be 5%. So they're already at one-fifth of what they did for that last headset. So, yes. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just think if they're making a ton of money off of this because they're selling it themselves and selling it at a huge cost, then it's not necessarily a failure. Bloomberg saying it's a failure because they're trying to jumpstart the metaverse or whatever nonsense. Yeah, Bloomberg's article was stupid. All right. It was really bad. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I agree with it. The metaverse. And, and the only reason I agreed with it is because for about half the people out there, you can either buy a VR headset or pay your electric bill this month. Take well, I so I was literally going to say that. So this is my final thought, and I want to, and you guys can respond to it, which is, um, how ubiquitous. I can never say that word, but that I it. love that word. Did I say mm-hmm. it right? Okay. Yeah. How ubiquitous really are virtual reality gaming headsets? Because in my eyes. I feel like this whole thing is still not a mainstream thing. I think it's still very much so a niche audience. And what percent of that is that is the niche audience? Like how many people really are part of that niche audience? 
And I think the, the reason why I'm hearing about it so much is obviously because I work closely with you, Nick and Michael. And so, you know, I hear about it a lot, but in my social circles, in my friend groups and like people I know, like no one talks about it. And to Jerry's point, there's the person who buys the headset or the person who pays their, their electric bill. And I wonder where are we really with, with that? It probably depends on your friend groups. Um, I mean, at least in my friend groups who are mostly nerds, um, a lot of people have a quest too. Like I, Mm. Play Quest 2 games with a number of my friends every single week. But I'm not talking Um, about friends, right? I'm talking about, let's talk about the world. Like, how mainstream is VR gaming, really? I mean, I think it's... 15 million, 20 million uh, Quest 2 sold at this point. I would scale down the the world, too. Because for 95% of the world, it's a non-starter. They'll never have a VR headset. Let's talk about that 5% of people who have a little bit of disposable income and buy tech products regularly. I think that's a more important look than people who may live in a village in sub-Saharan Africa with little to no internet connectivity. Those people in our lifetime, they won't ever have a VR headset. And that's not a big worry, a concern right now. But what about the people who do have access? How many of those people are, are interested? I, I think to put the numbers into perspective, and I, I always like to do this because I don't think people realize what the numbers actually are because our no, concept of it is so skewed by things. But mm-hmm. You're asking what? That's what I'm asking. What are, yeah, yeah, what yeah. are okay, these so numbers? The Nintendo 64. Would you agree that Nintendo 64, I, I would say a lot of people had one, played one, right? Like that was pretty pretty darn popular when it was out. Of course, yeah. They I only so. sold 20 million of those in the U.S. I don't know anybody that had one. Everybody I, I know I, had I a can, different system. I can directly, okay, d- despite the Nintendo 64, I can directly say that, like, growing up, like, I, I knew, I, every single person I knew had some kind of gaming right. console. Right. Like, it didn't, not necess- it didn't necessarily have to be, the Nintendo 64, but there was people who had a PlayStation. There were people who had, a, who had an Xbox. There were people who had, um, and, uh, the SNES. Like there were, like, ColecoVision. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like there were, like, everybody there was had who, one. Everyone had some kind of gaming headset. However, I can confidently say, I do not think everyone has a VR gaming headset. No, 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 not even close. But I think my point is, I think VR is more popular than some people give it credit for. I, I know anytime you go on social media and there's like a Bloomberg type of article like today, you'll see a whole bunch of people go, oh, because it's VR, nobody buys VR. Well, that's silly. 20 million mm-hmm. people have bought a Quest 2. Again, that's the same number of people that bought a Nintendo 64 in the US. Mm-hmm. So it's not a small number, but it is interesting to see how these groups overlap with different people's friend groups, social groups, and that sort of thing. And I don't think it's the same overlap. I, I, don't, I don't think so either. I, I see where both sides are coming from. Uh, if, if, you know, a, a good iPhone will sell 20 million in, in the first day. Sure. To those people, selling 20 million Quest VRs is nothing. Well, Apple sold more iPhones in a day than that company sold over, uh, you know, in all time. 
Uh, but to people who, you know, uh, I want to develop a game. How big is my market? 20 million people's a really big number. Right. So I see both sides. And, and I also, like I said earlier about numbers being skewed, I, th- I think, especially in today's market where gaming is ubiquitous, I think most people play games. I would say the majority of human would... beings in the developed nations play video games. Right. Um, and it, on that note, you know, you have the Fortnites of the world where millions of people play every single day. And then you have other things that are just not as popular, not necessarily because uh, they're not as appealing. It's just there are really only so many people that can buy these things, play these things. It's why. What? I said I was just saying for sure. Yeah. And it's it's like if you look at the numbers, I there was an article again. It was from I was from uh, the New York Times earlier this week, and they were talking about how. Uh oh, Meta only sold 20 million Quest 2s and Apple sells 200 million iPhones in a year. These are not they're not comparable things. On that note, the original PlayStation was a failure because it only sold 90 million, right? Like So, I don't know that those numbers are really important to look at uh so much as what you're saying like the the cultural idea of do people play these? Do people enjoy these? I think that's that's more of what we should look at. And in, on that particular note, no, I don't think it's mainstream necessarily, although it is much closer to that point than it ever, ever has been. Right. I'm going to quickly jump in and do like a middle ground here. Um, yeah, people, VR matters more than some people would think, you know, and not everyone's ever going to care about it. And some people are going to care about it a whole lot. But I do think the reason the Quest 2 took off was because it was $300 and it's standalone. And Meta sold that as a, at a loss, which is why, you know, they, they raised the price $100 and then the, the sales fell after that. It's going to be really hard to sell any popular device that is good for that low of a price. And so at, this, and at the same time, a lot of people, you know, splurt, they, as an impulse buy, were able to buy the Quest 2 because they had that money. Now, yes, times are tougher. People have less money. And also they tried it. And plenty of people love VR, but then they try it, they, they do it, and then they, they take it off. And it's just, it doesn't have the same staying power maybe as other consoles for some people. And so that is going to be the last VR headset they buy for a while because they said, oh, well, I enjoyed it. But then, you know, I don't like to stand at the end of my day. I just want to sit and stare at my TV. I don't want to do something that's more active for gaming. And so there is going to be a drop off. I don't think that another VR headset is going to sell as well as the Quest 2 did for a while. I don't think the Quest 3 will, regardless of the mixed reality stuff. And that's not a knock against it. It'll be a better device. But I just don't think, I think there is going to be a VR niche. And it's, yeah. And so that's why companies like, you know, Pico and Meta and the rest are also hemorrhaging employees partially because, you know, it was a really exciting moment for a while. And now I think they're realizing, oh, we, it's not an endless hose of money like we hoped. For sure. Okay. Well, on that note, let's uh, talk about the things that made us happy this last week. Who wants to go first? Yesterday was my anniversary. 
which is your wedding anniversary. anniversary. My wedding anniversary, yes. Oh, how many years? Fifteen. Wow, that's a big one. It is. So, what'd you guys do? We we didn't get to do anything extravagant. We just went out for uh, dinner and and went out for a walk, and um, we actually uh, went to the Biltmore, which is where we honeymooned over here in Asheville, and. Uh, retook a picture that we took back then. So we have like a 15 oh, years later picture, which is that's so fun. cute. And that's it, it's, cute. it's funny too to see because we went under the same tree, took it from the same angle. And in the original shot, uh, there were like, uh, it's a cherry blossom tree. So it was full of flowers. There were flower petals all over the ground. This year, spring came early. And so it's just green everywhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that's funny. I love that. That's so uh, cute. Yeah, it was, it was fun. I liked it. That's sweet. Okay, who wants to go next? I didn't do anything this week, uh, but well, nothing bad happened. So I guess that's what made me happy is I, I've had some really crappy luck between my health and my my dog passed away. And I've had some really bad weeks, but this week, nothing bad happened. Good. Well, you and know it what? was just an evil or an evil, an even level. Get up, go to work eat dinner with my wife, watch a little bit of TV or talk or whatever, go to bed and do it over again. And I needed that. I love that. I'm glad to have, I'm glad to to hear that you have a little bit of a normal week in the sense that nothing happened. And sometimes nothing happening is a good thing. Yep. And it takes bad things for you to see that. 100%. So don't feel like you want more excitement in your life because maybe you don't. Uh, before I get to you, Michael, that's really funny that you say that, um, Jerry, because I was recently thinking about that and you know what, that just gave some perspective to me. So thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, well, I accidentally, you're welcome. (laughs) Okay. Michael, your turn. Uh, speaking of nothing happening. Yeah. I was at GDC and based (laughs) on the, uh, the alerts I've been getting on my phone, everyone and their mother got COVID. From that, and I'll let me know. Oh, by the way, I was standing next to you with COVID. I, I am COVID negative somehow. Oh, yay! Thank That's you, the happiest. Thank That's you. That's the masks. happiest. <laughs> and yes. um, also, I had a foot injury I was dealing with, and I got an x ray of it, and that was also negative. So at least there's no breakages. I'm just, yeah, I've been wearing insoles and getting back out on the street and running. You're just again. the, 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 so. the point that you're trying to make is that you're just getting older and you're really appreciative of your health. <laughs> are you Derek? Are you calling me old? <laughs> you know, I'm just kidding. Nothing wrong with getting old. Nothing it's, wrong it's with getting funny. old. I love getting older. It's funny you say that though, because I noticed this week. Um, so, so we play Fortnite regularly as a family, right? And we'll switch devices because it's one of the nice things about that game. And I've noticed recently when I'm playing on my phone, when I'm done and I look up. I have to like blink a few times. <laughs> like my eyes have to readjust and I've never had vision issues. Like I have ridiculously good vision. So I'm like, no, this is not uh, allowed to happen. <laughs> you had ridiculously good vision. Shut it. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. I do not have good vision. I will tell you that right now, but, um, all right. Well, uh, I'm glad all of your healths are good as of now. And mine is as well. Touch wood. Thank you. Um, what made me happy this past week? Well, I had mentioned to the team that I finished reading another book. As you all know, I love reading books. Um, and the book, uh, I don't want to butcher like, uh, how to say it because it's, it's like, 
It's got an accent in on one of the letters, but the the book's name is um, Horror Store. Um, and it, it essentially like the book itself is like a really cool book. If you ever end up getting it, like I, like you should, it, it's really fun. It's kind of interactive almost, but essentially it almost looks like an Ikea um, magazine or like a manual, if you will, not like one of those paper ones, but like, I don't know, just, it looks like Google it. It's really cool looking. Um, and it was just, it, uh, I really needed a fun read. It was scary as hell. Um, and I actually, you know, Michael, I know you like reading, um, horror books, but I would highly recommend you read it. It is such a great book. It was my first, um, Gary Hendricks novel. He is a horror writer. Um, and I just really enjoyed writing it. And then, um, the other thing that's making me happy is, um, I'm just having a really good time with my dog. (laughs) And that makes me really happy. He's, um, He's about to turn seven months old, which means that he's about to enter his teenage years. And I've heard horror stories about dogs and their teenage years, but I'm just trying to take it day by day. And so far, you know, it's really nice to see that relationship build with him. And that makes me really happy. So those are the things that made me happy this week. All right. I want to go back to your pronunciation because this is something I spelled it wrong. No, I I I said it wrong, didn't I? It, well, yes, it's an yeah. O with an umlaut over it. Yeah, yeah. So, and like, the two, I'm a native the two German dots. speaker. Right. Say so the how word do you say that? her. Her. The sound between the H and the R is how you pronounce O with an umlaut over it. So, so it'd be a horrorster. Horrorster. Something hmm. like that. Close. My, my pronunciation is probably pretty poor to, you know, people that still speak German every day probably laughing at me. But that's, <laughs> that's, it's the sound between H and R in the word her is how you pronounce mm. O with an mm. umlaut. So, well, the there you go. You know. the, there you go. Yeah. But I, I highly Useless recommend information. No, it's helpful because now when I'm telling people to read this book, um, which is free promotion for Gary Hendricks, ah. uh, <laughs> I know how to pronounce the book now. So thank you. I appreciate that. But hey, yeah. You know what's what, something weird? If you've been speaking English nonstop for, six months it's harder to pronounce it but if i'm talking to someone in german for just a few hours i it comes right back fair enough uh Weird. well maybe that just that's just indication that you need to speak german for for a lot longer now <laughs> send me to berlin i'm allowed back now <laughs> uh Shrupi, i have one more quick really quick thing i'm thankful for i just remembered i'm thankful that my cat has no teeth because <gasps> What? You cannot chew through any power, any of my charging cables. Wait, why doesn't your dog have teeth? Uh, or sorry, cat. your cat. Why doesn't your cat have teeth? Uh, apparently, before we adopted him, he had some kind of uh, disease that just was messing up his teeth. And they had to remove them. Oh no! So he Wait, loves is he able to eat though? Us, how, does he he eat? Yeah, how does he? How does he eat? He can just eat using his his toothless mouth. We give wet him food? wet food and dry <laughs> yeah. food. He eats dry food fine. Huh? Oh my gosh, that's amazing! Little animals. That is yes, fascinating. Is. But yes, huh. he loves to bite, but he can't get mine. Are you sure <laughs> it's not a robot cat named Blue? <laughs> <laughs> it is. You know, the way he screams, maybe he does have a, you know, some good speaker inside oh, of him. Oh, little Boba. That's so cute. I love right, that. The, right. the purring is just a haptic motor. That's all. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> the SpaceX implant in his brain overheating. 
Well, on that note, we love our animals um, and we love our books and our languages and all that lovely stuff. And I just want to thank everyone who listens to us on a weekly basis. Thank you so much wherever you're listening to us, whether it's in the morning, afternoon or night. We really, really appreciate it. And we'll catch you guys very soon. Bye. See ya. Adios. Bye.